Hey, this is Robert from Tone Quest, and I'm here with Jamie, and today we have This Town Needs Guns, or TTNG. They're on tour in America, here in Covington, Kentucky, from England, on tour with Foxing, The World is a Beautiful Place, and a band called Brightside. Today I have Hank, who plays, who plays bass, <laughs> and, well, bass guitar, crossover thing, I'll let him explain. And then we also have Tim. Hello. <laughs> All right. Hello. All right, my first question for you guys. Yes, we're from England. <laughs> <laughs> who is your influences as far as bands you listen to? What influences TTNG and the you know sounds you guys make? Well, Robert Walrus, <laughs> he's my he's my big hero. <laughs> Robert Walrus. Yeah. Um, I'll have to listen to him. He's he's definitely not one of my influences. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, I am sure. Lots of stuff. Uh, in terms of, I guess, our band sound or artists we may have been influenced that sound kind of similar in some ways. Uh, probably Owls, they were pretty influential. Owls is great. Victor, yeah, uh, a, yeah great guitarist, so he yeah. definitely influenced me. Listen to them on the way here. Projects that Victor and Sam yeah. have been in, like yeah, Ghosts and Vodka mm-hmm. and uh, Make Believe. Awesome. Make Believe's really nice. Yeah. And uh, Kim Wilde. Kim Wilde. Uh, Kate Bush. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. All, everything. All the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and Robert Wars. <laughs> All right, well, let's just dig into tone here. Um, what kind of guitars do you guys use? Currently, just I'm just using Telecasters, okay. just standard, standards. Uh, and that's working out quite nicely. Mm-hmm. However, I'm perhaps on a tone quest of my own, okay. so I'm unsure <laughs> if that is the, the guitar for me. But at the moment, yeah, kind of just tellies, and they're working out. Okay. You, this crossover bass. Mm. So curious about it. Yeah. What um, model is it? Well, it's it was originally um, a Squire Jaguar bass, short scale little guy, um, that I've uh, taken machine heads off, filled in the space, drilled new holes, put guitar machine heads in it, um, taken out of taken out the nut and made a little um, zero fret with a metal string guide to hold the strings in position, um, and then I've put a mastery bridge on it, and uh, sounds okay. Yeah. yeah, it sounds so, fine. Sounds so you built great. it yourself? Well, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I modified an existing guitar to, yeah. to be a six-string from a four-string. Um, and I use mainly the bass six uh, set from Didario, um, with, but with slightly heavier low ends, because the, the, the lower strings from the normal set, um, there's a 84-gauge string that is supposed to be tuned to E, but it's super sloppy. So I'm using a 95 now, and a 75 instead of a 74. Now, is it technically a crossover? Like, um, crossover is usually an octave below what a guitar would be, and I'm pretty sure regular basses are two octaves below. Is this an octave below? It's an. It's like a bass guitar, but okay. with extra strings and, and a tight string spread. Same string spread as a normal guitar, so the distance between the strings is the same as a guitar, rather wow. than a bass where they're unnecessarily far apart. Right. Um, and... Uh, and the scale length is is somewhere between a bass, which okay. is 34 inches, and a guitar, which is usually 25 and a half, depending on what guitars you use. Um, Ask him all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I was not expecting that. I've really been curious about this. It's, it's working for me at the moment. I'm, I'm enjoying it. We've been writing some new stuff, and I've been using it. Yeah, and sounds good. Yeah, that's, I like it a lot. I think that's a technical term. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> technically. Is that the one that you've always used, or? Uh, I played lots of different things. When I joined the band, um, I was I joined as the singer and and put some annoying additional guitar parts over the top of things. Um, 
Yeah, um, and then our bass player left, uh, and we first had uh, Fender um, Aerodyne, oh, yeah. which is like the JP configuration Japanese bass. Um, really nice bass, um, but uh, yeah, I wanted to incorporate some of the guitar parts that I'd written um, and be able to play them at the same time as the bass bits. So um, a friend of mine, uh, Paul from a band called Hot Club de Paris, used to play a Fender Bottom Master, which is the instrument that the bass six is based on, um, and I thought that that would be a pretty cool way to go. But I couldn't afford one because <laughs> a Bottom Masters are worth a fortune if you can ever find one, and the original bass six is again worth worth a fortune. Um, this was before they reissued them a couple of years back, uh, so I decided to make my own by modifying a short scale bass. Awesome. What tuning are you guys in? Every year, so I'm mainly in standard, um, but in the new songs, there's a couple of additional tunings. Yeah, we use, I mean, been using like, yeah, kind of quite a few tunings in the past, and uh, I've kind of, I guess, restricted myself to two or three, maybe, well, no, maybe four or five, (laughs) (laughs) I guess, which just, just sheer, like, on the logistics live, it's a bit of a pain sometimes, but we've, yeah, yeah, it's been quite good recently that we sort of, have matched like string gauges to tuning, so we've kind of basically come up with our own sort of custom sets. Yeah, and with the um, help of Diodario, who sorted us out with some good deals on some strings, nice. uh, and they have a wicked thing on their website yeah, that's where great. that like you can actually find out what the string tension would be if you tuned a particular gauge string to a particular pitch, mm. uh, which is wow. super useful. Cause it, like, yeah, that's really, really cool. Really <laughs> if you keep, if you keep really the good. tension the same across the guitar, it's good for your neck. It also makes it easier to play because not one string's not slightly loose or slightly too tight. Um, and it's and the tone is better. And it also means the intonation isn't going to go all over the place as well. But it's definitely worth investigating. Cause like, I mean, like, I think I said too early, I'm not, obviously not very uh, gear savvy or, or kind of... Uh, you know, don't have that much experience of it, but it was it was quite interesting because I started with just st- a standard pack of like tens, and used alternate tunings to the point where I was like, oh, the strings constantly breaking, you know, and just spending a bit of time analysing it and, and you know, kind of working out, yeah, the tension that would be healthy for the guitar was yeah. really useful. It's like really helped with tuning issues. That's yeah. awesome. So what about pedals? Do you guys use very many pedals, or do you rely on like the clean tones of your amps for most of everything? Hmm. For the most part, yeah, it's, yeah. it's sort of a, a clean tone. Yeah, you guys have a very sound, natural sound. Really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, we've, yeah. We've been doing a few things, but it's mainly like gain stage stuff, yeah. like just adding preamps and boost pedals and, and uh, blues drivers, mm. yeah. boss blues drivers. Yeah. Pretty, pretty decent pedal. Basically, basically. Um, but you've been making, Hank's been making some kind of little preamp pedals, which are pretty cool. Nice. Kind of really subtle, but if you're into the whole sort of clean tone thing, it's... It's, it's it's a joy. Yes. It's a joy. This pedal. Tim also uses the tremolo in his his uh, Fender amps. Oh yeah, pretty fucking yeah. decent. Oh, and yesterday I picked up a was it Count to Five? Oh yeah, which it's, is pretty insane pedal. Yeah. It's I, I have cool no record. idea how to tame it right now. I forget. It's who, great. Who has the Count to Five? I've had uh, a lot of pedal talk. Yeah, one of the dudes. Yeah, 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 we saw it on a pedal board in there. It's a lot of fun. I spent yeah. about like twenty minutes or something last night. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and it was it was confusing, but. Very enjoyable. <laughs> you also have that so, Keeley. Oh yeah, and really nice Keeley uh, magnetic echo, which is okay. kind of a really subtle kind of. It's almost like an analog kind of tape yeah. delay kind of. Um, it's it's yeah, a it's digital really nice. pedal, yeah, I mean, a digital delay, but it but he's made a, loads yeah, of work to give it a kind of analog sound, yeah, and it's it got a, like a modulation thing which emulates yeah, the, the tape, tape like flutter. Nice. Pretty, wow. pretty cool. cool. Sounds awesome. 
No, that is really cool. What about amp-wise? What do you guys use for amps? Uh, for la like the last few years, using like uh, kind of old Fender stuff. Um, so I have like a, a dual showman at home, and then just a, an old showman. Um, I think from '67. This one. Yeah. I think it's. Well, Black face. Is 68. Yeah, yeah it's nice. 68 is a silver face. Just before the the, Yeah, it's just before that. Now with like the voltage and everything, did you guys, like how does that work when you play well, here? It's kind of... We're, yeah, it's we're cool. very lucky that the, the lovely men from Foxing are lending us amplifiers. Um, with the exception of Tim, who has his amp already out here. Yeah, so, he's, he's, so he has a US amp. Um, and then obviously your amp at home is a US made amp, but yeah, it's had a transformer more, yeah. conversion in the UK. Um, and, uh, and we have our own little 9 volt. Uh, what are they called? Those little. Oh, oh you've fuel got tank. You got fuel little, tank, yeah. The fuel tank's cool because it switches basically between US and UK uh, voltage. Oh, it has okay. a velocity. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably what bands are for there used to. They just use US fuel tank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay, cool. What about you, Hank? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm luckily borrowing the, the amp, uh, which is a Mills, which I hadn't ever heard of before from uh, the lovely dudes from Foxing. Um, and that sounds pretty cool. Uh, nice. But again, I'm using just a little 9-volt US uh, power supply for my pedals. Okay. Um, so there hasn't really been any uh, voltage issues. What about back home? What do you use back home? Oh, uh, I've got, um, well, I, I have a, uh, a it's a, a Baseman 135. Okay. Like a, I think it's a 74 Silverface, which uh, is really nice, but I need to get it serviced pretty badly. There's, there's something wrong with one of the preamp tubes, and it's breaking up and doing weird shit um, <laughs> so it was a bit of a nightmare for rehearsals but uh, when we go back and when we have another excuse to, to do some touring we'll um, get it serviced <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we also built our own cabs as well um, we built some 1x15 speaker cabs two each um, with, that are based on the uh, Electro Voice TL606 cabinet design uh, which was um, used by a company called Dietz out of Tech Texas, I think Austin, Texas, okay. uh, like in, in the 80s and 90s. Um, famously, the bass player uh, from the Jesus Lizard used to play through one. Oh, Jesus um, Lizard. And, awesome. and um, Bob, Bob Weston, yeah, Bob Weston plays through two as well uh, from Shellac. Okay, um, Shellac's awesome. Do you like Slint? Yeah, yeah. yeah Slint's totally awesome. Right. Sweet. Um, so we, <laughs> we built our own versions of that. Um, I'm using the Electro Voice uh, 15s that, that, that are designed to go with the cab. And uh, Tim's got the other ones and Jensen ones. I yeah. can't remember the model. I think it's like, is it like twelve C12 N or C12K? I think I actually went it's for fifteen. Fifteen, so yeah. C15K or N. What kind of speakers do you use in them? Uh, well, the yeah, the, the Jensen's. Okay. C, yeah. You got the Jensen C15s, and I got the EVM 15Ls. Okay. And the Ls have the extra kind of texture to them, so it makes them brighter. There's the higher high high ends pretty present on it. Um, I'm, I'm unsure whether I like it. I'm also unsure whether there's something wrong with the voice coils in it. I need to get amp serviced so that that's sounding good so I can really assess how the speakers are sounding. I actually still need to put hinges thinking about it on those cams. Because oh, yeah. one of the like, reasons, we had like a sort of a, a version before that Hank yeah. designed with these really tiny kind of Ikea looking cube, kind of <laughs> one by 12. Yeah, they? one by 12. And they were great because they were really portable and we had them on Yeah, kind we of basically stands. treated them it like monitors really more than like... Because if you think about the way a guitarist plays on stage, there's usually like a, a, a 4 by 12 that sits behind them that's like on, on the stage level, playing like playing feet. into their feet. Mm -hmm. So they are physically standing in the way of the audience hearing the speakers. Um, and, then, and then it's at a weird height for the audience's head. And then the guitarist never hears it. And 
is so off axis that they miss all the top end so they end up like dialing their amp to be super trebly because they can't actually hear what it sounds like and then that gets mic'd up and runs through the front of house sounding mm. horrible and we found like just i know almost psychologically just hearing your own amp's tone directly not just yeah. coming out of a wedge or something seems to it's be really more reassuring yeah yeah um so, so we yeah, kind of really initially that, we, we had stands, so we had speaker stands around the stage that we put the cubes on so that they were at our head height and then we'd have our own front of house ones essentially that, mm -hmm. that would run um, at the front of the stage at the head height of the audience and, and yeah, spread across the... Across the sound guy is usually pretty cool about yeah. that. Some of them really get it some of them and, and they think yeah. it's genius and then other dudes are just like well that's going to be a hassle because they don't really realize it's actually making their job easier yeah. they just yeah. see something different so that's aka that equals a hassle mm. um so we ended up kind of stripping that back and uh now we've made them completely yeah. unportable <laughs> yeah they're, super they're heavy. huge super heavy. so heavy and but if we can get hinges to on carry. That yeah that would be great so we're, we're planning on putting these hinged uh, legs on them like the the old fender yeah. cabs that you can lean back so that we can have them in front of us, leant back like monitor speakers, blowing into our face and, and sounding delicious. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's, really that's the plan. Anyway. <laughs> that's, that's, that's really cool. But it's such an obvious thing, but it is massively overlooked, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, actually, no, saying that, I guess if you're in, and I can't, kind of like maybe a heavier band, it doesn't matter quite so much to have like this golden, pure tone yeah. coming at you, really, because it's not, you're not going to tell that much difference with it coming from the wedge, I guess. Another thing that's unrelated to guitars um, is I have my own microphone for vocals and that's made a huge difference for me, like stage sound. Really? Um, it, it, I, I have, um, uh, what is it? It's, uh, it's a OM7, um, which is Audix, okay. um, which is a super tight uh, pattern. So that uh, if I'm if I step away from the microphone at all, you can barely hear me. You have to be dead on it, which means that uh, you've got the room to turn the, the monitors up so loud that you can hear yourself clearly, uh, without danger of feedback. Um, which is and having to strain yourself. Yeah, as well exactly. To get that, so you don't. Yeah, that's it. That um, it's, it. So often in music venues, there's so little consideration for the acoustics of the environment you're actually playing in on the stage area that there's so much reflection of the sound bouncing off of the walls that, that you, the limit of how high you can get your vocal monitor is really difficult. Which is good um, for a venue like this, where it's a super yeah, bouncy. Yeah, super echoey, yeah. Um, so the problem I, I would have is I, I want to sing quietly, but I can't, because if I sing quietly, I can't hear myself. Um, so yeah. Does that force you to sing a little bit louder and a little exactly. bit more aggressive? Yeah. Which Do you like doing that? More? Not so much. It hurts my voice, and it's not the, necessarily the tonality that I'm looking to achieve. Um, and uh, and not being able to hear yourself just sucks. Yeah, it sucks for your confidence mm. and and your performance. Um, yeah. So if if you're a vocalist, get yourself your own mic. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Good advice. Do you have any? No, I think I'm good to go. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for taking your time, Seriously, flying all the way so from much. England, all the way to here for this podcast. <laughs> the only reason you're here. <laughs> um, good luck the rest of the tour. Thanks, man. And. Be safe, as always. Yeah, cool. Thanks, this guys. is Tone Quest. Yep.